Welcome to Healing Wisdom, a Thursday morning talk show featuring guests sharing their stories and knowledge. We discuss the healing aspects of the arts, metaphysics, social justice, and adventure through all types of terrain. So join me, Pandora Peoples, here on WOMR 92.1 FM in Provincetown and WFMR 91.3 FM in Orleans. We're streaming worldwide at WOMR.org. Today we speak with Executive Director of the Science Club for Girls, Bonnie Bertolet, PhD. Science Club for Girls is a nonprofit organization that addresses inequities in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics around race, gender, and socioeconomics. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you for being with us today. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to come here and talk about our work. I come to this work having received a PhD in organic chemistry from Harvard and went to college at Amherst College, both of these institutions in Massachusetts, and then moved to San Diego, where I continued to do research in academic institutions, did a stint in biotech before moving to STEM education, and then when my family and I moved back to this area about nine years ago, made the switch to the nonprofit sector. And I have been very passionate and dedicated to making STEM more accessible for everyone, but particularly those who are the most underrepresented. In my day coming up in STEM, all women were underrepresented. And in spite of the resources and privilege I had, it was a challenging time and it was a challenging trajectory. And so I'm very motivated to, you know, change that scenario and to really bring the excitement and power of STEM to new generations and to have the rest of us benefit from the tremendous brain power, creativity of these future generations of STEM workers, leaders that will really transform our futures. We are all about transforming the face of STEM at Science Club for Girls, but the community of Science Club for Girls is really transforming all of our lives. way, but I know that a lot of women have had similar experiences growing up where they just had this idea that that girls excelled in English, in social studies, and that boys were more geared towards mathematics and science. And there were 
just extreme sexist attitudes in the 80s. And I know it would have made a huge difference to all my friends who were like, oh, I can't do math, I can't do math, to have had people empowering us. So can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, you've done research in all kinds of areas. Can you talk a little bit about your background? I mean, when you were a research scientist, you were focused on yeast genetics, the cell cycle, inflammation. How did you maintain your enthusiasm and curiosity? That's, uh, you make a lot of great points and yes, a lot of great questions. You really highlight on one of the reasons I was extremely attracted to Science Club for Girls when I first became aware of the organization and that was the mentor participant relationship. So at Science Club for Girls, relationships are at the heart of everything we do. And our programs, our foundational programs, the Small Science Club is the implementation of the programming is driven by our volunteer mentors who are mainly individuals who identify as women, although we do have men and gender expansive individuals who mentor as well. And they all study and work in STEM and even with the progress we've made, women still largely work in STEM in an isolated context. And so we spend a lot of time talking about how our programs affect our participants, but they also dramatically affect our mentors as well. And working in STEM in isolation and in doing research can be very myopic. And there are more valleys than there are peaks in doing research. And so our model about really being responsible for a young person's burgeoning energy and enthusiasm and excitement around STEM can really make you feel part of something bigger than yourself and is, I think, always important, but especially so in the context of the various mental health crises that we are coming out of, out of the pandemic. Going through my own career, I was lucky to grow up in a very academically focused environment. I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I had a lot of support from not only my family, but the parents of my friends who were all in STEM fields as professors. But I was not equipped for the gender and sexual discrimination I would feel throughout my career, which also fueled why I got into this. And so I am just really about having young girls and gender expansive youth and young women really feeling, as I said, the excitement, the wonder, the ability to make sense of their lives through STEM and the world around them and be part of, you know, having the option of going into careers that really can dramatically affect their surroundings and affect other people and their lives in the community at large. I'd like to talk about some of what you were saying about the messages that girls get. And the research shows that, unfortunately, by second grade, 
boys and girls have already internalized negative stereotypes around who does better in math and science. And so that's why the model of Science Club for Girls is focused on starting in kindergarten. And our programs run a continuum of kindergarten through 12th grade. And then when you take into account our mentor core, we really offer a community that goes from ages five to 85. No one has to stay the whole time. We ask for a minimum commitment, but because of our unique blend of various elements, you know, we're about having high quality academic programming that focuses on STEM and 21st century cultivation with 21st century skills being leadership, communication, planning and teamwork, you know, to be short, these are very important, but, and, and what we're about, but equally important and maybe even more important is the social emotional learning context, the emphasis on representation, the focus on relationships. And so our programs, especially our foundational science clubs are set up to be fun and social and clubs. We are not courses. We are not focused on assessments, tests, grades, worksheets. We are about having girls and gender expansive youth learn about STEM, be engaged in STEM, gain skills and confidence in STEM through curricula that is relatable, that is fun, it's hands-on, it's experiential. We are not about lectures. We are about doing and creating safe spaces, which is about experimenting, trying new things, taking risks and failing. I mean, that is part of the scientific process. A key part of our model is that our mentors do the activities side by side with the participants. So, you know, the participants learn from each other, from the mentors. You see how everybody approaches things a little differently, and that's great. And there are oftentimes that things don't work as you planned, and that's okay. And that's that's critical to the process. What do you think the most important thing is in terms of nurturing this whole new paradigm of women and men, everybody from every socioeconomic background and every cultural background having their own individual approach and bringing their own life experiences to the table in the field of science? How do you really foster and nurture a whole new paradigm and a whole new approach to science? that is expansive and reaches everyone. What do we all need and, and what are these kids getting? It's great to think about all of these different angles. So I'll talk about what our you know model is and how we put this into practice. So about 50% of the US workforce is made up of women, but only about 29%, 28-29% of the STEM workforce is made up of women. And the situation is even more drastic in terms of our prioritized communities, which are 
girls, gender expansive youth, young women who um, are underrepresented and stem by race, um, come from low income family backgrounds and are the first in their family to go to college. So only about 4% of US scientists and engineers are black and Latina women. So, you know, we are all about, you can't be what you can't see. And at the same time, there are all these fields that are developing that we can't and can't even imagine. But, you know, going on what the disciplines that we are aware of right now, we have always emphasized representation and the importance of mentoring. When I first started with Science Club for Girls, about 28% of our mentors came from the same communities that our participants do. Right before the pandemic, we were really upping our efforts to recruit mentors who reflected the communities we serve. And with the advent of virtual programming, we are seeing much more representation in our mentors. Um, now, routinely over 50% of our mentors come from these same populations. And this semester, I believe uh, it is as high as 68%, which is really amazing. And it shows the power of having options, right? Virtual programming can engage mentors from underrepresented communities much more readily. A lot of our mentors also work, some have families. And uh, so that, that adds a lot to people who are always being asked to be role models. So we like to have formats, um, that are about options for our mentors and our families. We, the whole basis of Science Club for Girls is about breaking down barriers of access. So we do that by having free programming. Uh, we do this by having our in-person programming in areas that are accessible for families where they naturally congregate, such as schools and community centers, and by holding our programs in the virtual sphere. And we use the same principles in our virtual program that we do in person. We use the computer simply as a conduit to bring everyone together. Uh, we are highly participatory and engaging and hands-on. We engage in quite an operational feat to bring hands-on supplies for experiential learning to all of our participants and our mentors whether they are participating in programs in the virtual sphere or the in-person sphere. In fact, we have grown so much and really are responding to a demand coming from our families who have told us in no uncertain terms that they wanted the virtual option to continue, that we are now serving over 500 participants every semester and in the fall we'll be serving 625. Currently, we have 100 mentors and we just had this Tremendous operational feat of engaging 15 to 20 corporations in packing individual weeks worth of supplies. So we took 6,300 packets and coalesced them into 700 kits for our mentors and participants each semester um, this past academic year. If you're just joining us now, you're listening to Healing Wisdom. We're speaking with Executive Director of the Science Club for Girls, Bonnie Bertole. 
I'm Pandora Peoples, and behind me is I Am My Homeland from Malik Yandali. Earlier we heard music from Syrian-American singer-songwriter Lena Shamamian. We also heard Abdul Karim's tango from Terra Syriana. I, I do think there is a sea change in terms of people's attitudes. Every bit of progress will make a tremendous difference in what we see in our daily lives and how STEM affects us. And it makes the science and the research so much stronger too because of the unconscious bias that's often held. And, you know, not all studies can can have the perfect double blind, <laughs> you know, objective sort of thing. And, and even in how we interpret data is often through our own personal prism and we, ha- we hold biases. It's really important to have representation for so many years. All women from, from all backgrounds were being judged, you know, compared with studies done on just men. And so how can we understand our bodies and how they work against men who have very different physiologies, right? So that's just one example. No, I couldn't agree more. In fact, you know, it is really imperative to have representation and diversity of all kinds at each stage of the process in terms of science research, drug development, technology, engineering, all aspects of STEM. You know, as I said about the limiting stereotypes that begin at the earliest elementary age, also supporting teachers with better STEM training. We really could do a much better job of making sure teachers at all levels of a child's educational trajectory in primary and secondary school is better supported. There are studies that show that teachers feel a lot of anxiety around teaching STEM and that girls disproportionately feel that anxiety from their female teachers. I know that's why we're also about access to programs and you know, moving further along you know, we, we, we have this continuum of K through 12 in terms of the grades to really offset the many off-ramps girls feel on their way to higher education and careers in STEM. And, you know, we have had a number of, you know, amazing women who participate in our programs as mentors and on career panels. And they talk about, you know, limiting ideas and and discriminatory bias that teachers and professors have had about what a scientist looks like and how dismissive that can be and being cut off of resources that maybe other people have had historically um, because of that bias. And so, you know, when you are the only person in the room who looks like you, um, you know, that's a lot to go up against. So uh, this is why we are, you know, really working to create a community where there is representation and not just with our participants and our mentors, but with our staff and our board and, and our partners. I mean, it has been really fantastic to see our various partners. We have collaborations with everybody but in the corporate sphere, how people have changed and made commitments to this, you know, at the higher ed institutions that we work with as well.
have any thoughts on combating any negative influences of social media, obviously you're using virtual classes to your benefit. Media influences are so strong. Social media is so prevalent. You know, I, I think emphasizing the community aspect of being virtual and online, as well as we do in our in-person programs, um, is really key. And I think I, I couldn't agree more about, you know, de-emphasizing girls' self-worth in terms of how they are only defined by the media, which is largely in terms of their appearance. I think we should really, you know, focus on confidence building activities thinking about ourselves in terms of whole people. And we really do this at Science Club for Girls. But I think we also need to, as a society as whole, uh, encourage and cultivate girls and women to be full human beings. And that means, of course, to like and do STEM, but also to be athletes, to be artists, to be politicians, to be funny, to be powerful, to be curious, to be introverts, to be assertive, to explore and experiment, to like clothes if they want to, to love food. I mean, we really need to focus on allowing girls and gender expansive youth to be full human beings, just like we do men. And I really think we need to listen to girls and women's stories, center their stories, no matter what their ages are. And our goal at Science Club for Girls is to have a STEM ecosystem that reflects the general population and to have STEM be a part of everyday life. Our goal is to have you know, girls doing STEM not be extraordinary, not worth commenting on, that this is a part of everyday life. Um, I think you know we really need to, and I, I hate the word normalize, but um, for lack of a better word, have everyone enjoy and, and be able to do a full range of activities in life express a full range of emotions and display a full range of personality traits. And I think we need to be conscientious about how we relate to our kids because when we focus on what they look like, that's a holdover from the past that people don't understand how much of an influence it has because then you start objectifying yourself and there's becomes a disconnect from who you really are and how you appear. And I get concerned that it fits this old paradigm where people are really giving constant feedback that it's just about it's just the most shallow kind of feedback you can get it's it's you we, we might as well be saying you're very well behaved because you're being very nice because you're quiet <laughs> you know focusing on the adults a bit more than than the children would maybe be a good idea. I mean, I think in terms of one thing I would say in that regard is if we could just get parents to ta stop talking about how math phobic they are, you know, we don't go around saying, oh, I'm so terrible at reading skills. Oh, my interpersonal skills are so awful. So why is it acceptable to say I'm terrible at math? So if we could get parents to stop that and adults, because it doesn't, it's not just parents, you know, adults are much more powerful and influential in children's lives that um, are not necessarily, you know, their own children. I think also, you know, just on the many 
very rich topics you covered, again, about the adults having limiting ideas. I think one of the really powerful things we do with our organization is, again, making our material and curriculum relatable. This is not, um, we're not focused on adults talking about their research all the time, which is important in context, right? And it's important to talk about your trajectories. But um, again, going back to not having lectures all the time as being the sole way that children are exposed to and consume STEM. Um, It's really important to make STEM relevant to girls' lives. And when we do that, we have found that girls will be pounding down doors to get to programs. We have really debunked the myth of lack of interest in STEM is reason for the underrepresentation or as crazy as it sounds, lack of aptitude. And this is not what we find at all at Science Club for Girls. We have been growing the last couple of years by 40% each year. And now we, we continue to grow. We consistently have wait lists in the hundreds and we have institutions that are waiting for us to bring our programs to them. And so I think, you know, we don't really need to think about inspiring girls, we need to inspire the adults and how the adults think about this because the girls are so incredibly inspirational. When we work with, you know, in our programs, um, there is so much hope and optimism and positivity. And so uh, really, Us as adults need to be focused on breaking down the barriers that are keeping this um, from happening at a bigger scale. We've been speaking with Bonnie Bertole, Executive Director of the Science Club for Girls. You've been listening to Healing Wisdom at Outermost Radio. All of our shows are podcasts at WOMR.org. Also check out HealingWisdomRadioShow.com and contact me at Pandora at WOMR.org. Our theme music is provided by Mason. You can find her at MasonMusic.com. That's M-A-E-S-Y-N.